What's up? Welcome to Tide Sessions, a podcast about water sports. I'm Mike and this is Mel. We're both super passionate about the water and together we co-founded a kite surfing school called Tide Water Sports. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to athletes, founders and other rad people who also love being in, on or under the water. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we did. In today's episode, we chat to Lily Young. Lily is a kite for racer and she's part of the British sailing team. She's currently training to hopefully be selected to compete in the next Olympics. We talk about how she tried almost every water sports under the sun while growing up by the sea in Exmouth. We talk about her love for competing, her training and how she feels about diversity in kiteboarding. We loved our chat with Lily and we really hope you love it too. Perfect. Okay, Lily, I'm super excited to see you again. Yes, it's, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, it's so fun. Um, so for those, I mean, nobody will know that, but we met on our instructor course, like kitesurfing instructor course. So it's pretty cool to get to chat again. Um, yeah. So yeah, what have you been up to? Ah, since then, I've been doing a lot of traveling. Um, a lot of kiting, a lot of training. It's been pretty full on, to be honest. But um, yeah, the, we did. We met at the kite instructor because that was super good fun. It was something really different to meet some other kiters and stuff like that. And it was really interesting, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was. But really yeah, fun. training, traveling, and yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been everywhere. So yeah, what were you doing exactly then? Um, so the last few weeks, we've been to some competitions. Um, we drove to Europe in our team van with our rib on the back, us and my other teammates. And um, first we went to Austria and did seven days there, a competition. Then we drove on to Lake Garda in Italy, did seven days there. And then we, for the last trip, drove to Marseille, which is going to be the Olympic venue for sailing. Um, so we went there for the first time to check it out and see what it was like. Um, and yeah, I've just come back to the UK. Awesome. So was this for the Kite for World Series? Yeah, so the first event in Austria was the Kite for World Series. Um, we didn't get very many races done in Austria. We only did four questionable races. I saw <laughs> there was a serious lack of wind for that event. There was which a serious a lack of wind, yeah. I reckon, I mean, I didn't complete, I think, two out of four races, which is pretty standard across the fleet. But yeah. I think one of the races we did was in about two to four knots. Oh wow. it, it was insane. It was probably the lightest I've kited in. Um, isn't is isn't there a challenge. minimum wind speed for you to be completing a race? Yeah, I think it's about six knots. Um, okay. So they started us in six and then, well, there was never six knots at the top, but very quickly um, dropped to pretty much nothing. Um, and it was this tiny little lake. So you're kind of forced to tack, which didn't help the yeah. no wind situation. So yeah, that was pretty challenging, but it was a good experience. Nice. Did anyone protest being like kite for like racing in those like conditions and saying that you yeah, shouldn't they be did. counted? Because it, it's like a series. Um, even though it's just practice, like some people really wanted to do well for the series. Um, I was less bothered because I was just doing it's like a process regatta, we call it, to practice yeah. all the things we've been training for. Um, there was quite a few protests about it. Um, I protested as well just because it's good experience for when you do care yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, when it, and, when, <laughs> and when it is actually um a situation that's gonna you know affect your results quite badly but um in the end it turns out that I was the representative because everyone was like oh you know you speak English you can you can do the talking and I was like oh, <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to do this 
um so yeah that was quite challenging but it was uh I, I really like going to new places playing in new places so yeah it was really good fun awesome yeah, it looked amazing it was so nice yeah. following your adventures on yeah on the, la- the launching yeah. spot looked quite fun <laughs> yes it was in fact all of our launches in the last three weeks were interesting um we had austria which is a very very tiny square of grass for like 80 people um and then in lake garda we had we were sailing from campione it's like one of the sort of main kite spots about halfway up the lake and um that was kind of gravelly rocks one person at a time launching and you needed someone to hand you your board and stuff which makes everything quite stressful but as soon as you're out there it's it's, it's amazing nice <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so nice makes it a bit more interesting as well you know yeah Sketchy interesting and, um, we've got um one of my friends runs a meme page yeah. like for memes and so when anything funny or bad <laughs> happens it ends up on there so yeah you get to see what's been going on i'll have to check that out <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah it's good Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool so i guess well we never got to talk about especially on the instructor course because we're just like I don't even know why you did the instructor course. Like, we need to talk about it because it's yeah, like she's yeah. an amazing, like, helpful racer. She's here, like, <laughs> learning really random things. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's that's a good question. Like, I was wondering yeah. why you did it. Yeah, I think um, often in sport, like, the end is always like the end of your career is always yeah. very uncertain. You know, some people sometimes you just don't want to do it anymore. Sometimes you get an injury. Sometimes you know you don't get good enough results. Um, you know, thousands of reasons it's quite like uncertain and they're always sort of saying to you you know um you should always have a backup just to make you feel better as as well it can actually make you race better because you you feel less stressed about the future <laughs> um and I was kind of thinking earlier this year I was like after I broke my leg I had quite a bad accident and I broke my leg on my ankle and I kind of thought you know oh god if if I hadn't have been able to come back from that like what would I have done <laughs> yeah. kind of thing and I was thinking oh slowly I'm just going to build up other things that I might like enjoy after after I stop sport just because I wasn't really sure like I thought about you know going to work on like super yachts teaching kiting a few of my friends do that um just like various things so I thought I, I'd do it just to to do something different and to see whether it would be something that I'd like potentially enjoy in the future so would you enjoy it then did you feel like I think so although it's quite stressful <laughs> teaching other people to kite is, um... it is stressful I think it once was... you get into the swing of things and you start teaching more people you get a lot more comfortable with it and it, it does become really fun especially when yeah, you see your sure. like people that you've taught riding around yeah. having fun and bumping into you like years down the line it is it is a really really cool experience for that I think yeah for sure definitely it was like thinking in a different way as well like lots of things that I thought was like quite obvious I remember day one we were talking about which side we'd launched the kite mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get my head around what he was talking about and then at the end of the at the end of the four days I was like oh okay like this is all like making sense now like um just like a different way of thinking teaching like a beginner yeah <laughs> yeah because there's a lot of things we do it's like muscle memory or just instinct like inst- is it what's the word instinctual is that the word instinctive but um yeah and I feel like it forced us to look at things like trying to explain things is so different to just doing them so yeah and when he was like making us do things that we never usually do like a pack down and stuff like that and it was like yeah. oh how actually are you, you did a really a, good a pack, down. pack down <laughs> yeah mine was so bad it was all like i would just put it around the bar like horizontally so and for, for everyone else that doesn't know what a pack oh, yeah, down is that are listening is uh 
basically a self rescue with your kite when you when you yeah, pull your quick release and yeah. yeah and you wrap it all up and uh, you you can rescue yourself yeah or if you're me you don't really because I made such a mess <laughs> yeah. of it or you just get tangled up in your lines yeah. if you don't know how to do yeah. it yeah um, <laughs> no it was definitely quite a funny four days <laughs> it was really fun yeah. um so we wanted to know where i mean we know you grew up in weymouth if if we've yep. got the right information because we yep. we you know we we've done a bit of stalking yeah a little bit of stalking um so we know everything no i'm kidding but um yeah so how did you how did you get into water sports how did you fall in love with water sports um i've always been really really sporty and i always knew that i wanted to do professional sport as a career which is quite funny because you always think about what you want to do when you're at school and usually you change or it doesn't end up happening and I was just absolutely adamant that I didn't want a nine-to-five job that I wanted to do something different and I always wanted to go to the Olympics and um for me it wasn't necessarily like the sport that I was driving towards like I just love competition like learning new things um which I think is fine as well like everyone says you have to be like find your sport but like and I absolutely love my sport but I also just love competition and love all sports in general um and uh, I was originally swimming. Swimming was like my main sport. And I did a little bit of like biathlons, running and swimming, a little bit of cross country. Um, and I loved all of them, but nothing really like stood out to me. And um, my dad always windsurfed, kind of like kite surfing's neighbor, <laughs> neighbor sport. And um, I, I didn't really, I had a few goes and I didn't really like it. And quite a few years later, I think when I was 13, I was at swim training and I was just looking out the window into Portland Harbour where we kite now. And I was just watching all the British sailing team train. And I was just thinking like, I think I should give it another go. <laughs> like that, that, that looks fun. Yeah. And I um, I went and um, sort of relearned to windsurf. And then I don't, know, I don't know why, I don't know what it was, but I just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and I started to compete and I did that through youth. And then when I reached... I think I was 18 um there was a oh, I can't what UK sport call it they're called like recruitment schemes basically when they when a new sport is starting in the Olympics or if they've got like a lack of a certain type of female or a certain say they don't have enough 400 meter runners or something like that they'll do like a sort of recruitment process and um that got put forward to us sailors and I applied for it um because kiting just looked even faster than windsurfing even better even more dangerous and I was like yeah this is this looks like a bit of me <laughs> so I was already campaigning in windsurfing and then we did this really amazing recruitment process called kite for gold um and they ended up selecting 20 girls and I actually couldn't kite at all at this stage so half the girls could never had never kited before and half the girls had kited and in the four weeks basically you had to get as good as you could from where you started it was chaotic <laughs> sounds and intense. everyone was sounds very, very intense. competitive yeah and um did you know all the it, girls you were doing it with no, you know, I knew a handful it? of the girls yeah. um, and I sort of heard of some around. We had a few sailors. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a windsurfer. Some people had just like kited a little bit and did like various other sports. We had a snowboarder, a BMX rider, um, sort of like some offshore sailors. It was like a really, really cool, but like quite strange mix of people. Um, that sounds awesome. It. And then, yeah, yeah it, it was it was actually amazing. It was super cool. We we went to um, Exmouth to learn a little bit with Steph um, down at Edgewater Sports. We d- did a lot in pool with various people, with Easy Riders. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the four weeks, they selected six of us. Um, 
to go forward in the program and yeah five five of the girls original girls were were still here <laughs> nice. amazing yeah, yeah. Who, who were the girls that have that have gone through with you the five the five girls the five girls the, so out of five girls three of us were on the team originally um we've got katie she sailed anacra 17 which is like the foiling catamaran yeah um we've got ellie aldridge she sailed 49 at fx she was a crew she did the ropes at the front for that um we had maddie who uh she did various different sailing boats she did a bit of nacra did a bit of 49er did different things and we've got jemima who um kited before in like freestyle yeah uh, great of us just like kiting did lots of freestyle stuff and then switched to the foiling with us so yeah that's our that's the group that we've got <laughs> awesome it's yeah I, I, I met polly jemima's sister recently yeah 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 yeah, yeah she came, in fact polly was in austria with us I know, um, yeah. Checking out what was going on. <laughs> That's Getting amazing. In all the chaos on the beach. <laughs> so I guess it would be nice to explain to people because um, with this podcast, we really want to like talk a lot about loads of different water sports and we get really yeah. into it because we know everything about kiting and things. But could you talk a bit about what you're doing exactly, like what kite for racing is and yeah. you know how it works and yeah <laughs> so kite for racing is basically we race in quite large fleets um upwind and downwind so we race like up to marks down to marks and do a few laps with like a finish line and the equipment we use we don't use your typical like tube kite um free ride style kites that you pump up they're called ram airfoil kites um and basically as it says the air rams into pockets at the top of the kite and fills it up basically it's like a paraglider um just slightly different aspects slightly differently made but it's the same concept um it's a very thin spinnaker like material that's very very thin <laughs> they do rip quite easily and you've got lots of little bridles attaching that to the kite and then you've got some lines which attach to you on the bar. Um, and we have a board with our foil on. We have like race foils that are like full carbon um, and they go really, really fast yeah. <laughs> and they're quite hard to like maneuver. So what, um, sort, what sort of speeds do you get up to on, on the foils? Um, some of the lads, some of the top lads on like a reach or a, a downwind, they, they can reach 40 knots. Oh, wow. 40 knots. Yeah, which is insane. Um, us girls maybe like a little bit less like in the 30s but it's still like unbelievable like top so, speeds that we yeah. can get on them um, i mean people will have to go and look at pictures of you guys racing it just looks so dangerous and stressful yeah. like <laughs> all together and yeah. i think i don't know if i listened to something or if you told me about this but there was this thing about letting people know when you're going to turn or something and not going into yeah. people. I mean, it, I don't know, you can talk about it, but it, it just sounds insane and so tricky, you know? Yeah, like there's lots of rules, um, like the, sail the sailing rules, obviously, but like we still have incidents all the time um, with people not looking, people like catching their kites together. Um, and yeah, you do try as hard as possible not to tangle with people, but it does happen quite frequently. Um, and it's it's racing and we've just you just kind of got to like move on from it like protest if it needs to be done um and it's just like part of the racing like it is exciting but it is challenging with a lot of stuff like that going on it's pretty chaotic yeah i've seen some videos of some of the crashes of you guys going like full tilt 
Mm. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's quite funny to watch, but to yeah. be in that situation, it must be pretty scary because those foils are super sharp. Yeah, and going at those speeds with that much power coming through the kite, yeah. Yeah, the back of the foil is like you if you basically if you push it you'll cut your hands it's so yeah. sharp um we, we did have actually an incident in austria where one of the i think someone in front of this guy fell in which happens quite often you know, they crashed and then you're you're going so fast behind them that you know you have to jump in to try avoid them and um the guy's foil pops up and he, he went like that with his hands you know protect his face and the back of the foil just cut his hand completely open and he had to have like eight stitches on it um oh and stuff so sometimes it's in kiting it's actually not you it yeah. can be like the others around you yeah <laughs> and uh you having to sort of abort mission to avoid like crashing into them basically um but hey i heard he got stitched up and he was back on the water the next day so good for him yeah classic kiting um <laughs> yeah uh just wrap up and put a bag around it and it feel right is what he said <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was back and i was like oh i don't know if that's a good idea but yeah if, if that you want to do that, go for it. <laughs> yeah, because um, talking about injuries, you said earlier that you broke, so what, you broke your leg recently. Yeah, it, it, it was just, it was one of those things where, like, it just happened and there was no reasons for it happening and I had all these scans and everything and there was nothing wrong with my bones, but basically I was out running with a friend. Um, it was in one of the lockdowns in February 2021 mm. and... Um, it was just like a little bit muddy. Like I used to run all the time and I just slipped a bit in the mud and I, I didn't even fall over. And as I slipped, my ankle went to the side and it just popped out and dislocated. Oh, wow. um, and I just, I like fell on my side and just, I just knew something was wrong. And I looked at it and I was just like, oh my God. Um, and and that, that was it. And it was just, the injury was really, really bad. Um, it broke my leg and it broke my ankle in two different places and ripped all the ligaments. Um, oh, wow. So in the end I had to have, did seven months of rehab to get back on the water for it um so yeah i'm kind of grateful to to be back this year (laughs) on the water because it was uh it was a really bad injury and it was it sounds so stupid there was nothing i could have really done to like prevent it it just happened and it was just one of those things that happens sometimes in a yeah i mean you can you can hurt yourself doing the smallest thing like stepping off a curb or something like that yeah things things just happen yeah it it sounds like you've bounced back from it pretty well yeah pretty quickly as well yeah like when i did it i was obviously like oh my god this is like when they said i was gonna have to have six months off i was like hysterical (laughs) and um i was trying to work out like how i was gonna like deal with this and after about like i was in so much pain so after about two weeks when the pain like started to dull a little bit i was like right i've got to just work out in my brain how to make the most of this time so i can make gains in other areas that aren't on the water that the other girls are going to be making so that I don't make make no progress anywhere for example like um going to the workshop and doing stuff on my kit to make it faster making sure that I come back like even stronger um and I just accepted that I was going to have to be happy for these seven months otherwise it was just going to be awful like what's the point there's like nothing I can do about it um and yeah, that was it's like a bit, it's a I big mental game I guess that making sure you're like mentally strong to like get through it all like that yeah like when they say six months it's like such a long time such a long time in my brain i was just like what am i what am i gonna be doing for six months like yeah it must be wrong (laughs) and then how how is your ankle now it's okay it's it's never going to be the same again um it's just very stiff compared to the other side just because of like Mm. 
the um, tissue damage yeah. um, and it had a lot of operations on it and there's a bit of metal still left in there, but it's, it's good enough to kite, which yeah. is where we wanted it to get to. And it's good enough for like me to do my I job think, and stuff. I think mine's so, similar. I've, I've had so many damages to my ankle. I won't go into it too much, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's stiffer than the other one and it will always twist. Yeah. I think ankles yeah. are re- really sort of sore, sore point in the body to fix. For sure, and it's quite like an essential part of like extreme sports. You can sports, never really the rest it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I guess, yeah. I guess we, with foiling, what were you do, what you're doing with racing, it's not as bad as it would be if you did like free, like kiteboarding freestyle and had like constant yeah, shock and like, impact yeah, on constant, it. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it mainly gets bad actually when um, if the temperature is really cold or really hot. Mm. If it's really yeah. cold, it stiffens up, and if it's really yeah. hot, like really hot, you know, the temperature like everything you know your hands to swell up a little bit and everything yeah. and my ankle goes really stiff um and it's just like managing that really but i'm just grateful that i can so you might get that on it. your next tour stop eh for the the kite foil world series in uh Gisaria? yeah it's um it's gonna be a hot one down there yeah it's uncomfortably hot there <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's um it's a funny place it's like kind of down right in southern Italy like not not much down there but it's this beautiful blue beach um and you get there and you're like oh this is lovely and you step on the sand and then within about two seconds you have to run off it because it's so hot it gives you like third degree burns yeah on your on your feet um so everyone's stomping around in flip-flops trying to launch their kites and then ditching them and running into the water <laughs> you need someone to get you to like lay a nice red carpet out to the out of the water yeah yeah we do we do we go to some funny places in kiting actually which i quite enjoy because you'd never visit these places like normally um, yeah but yeah just is a funny one it's incredibly hot <laughs> god um but you were talking about we were talking about like the mental aspect like mental health as almost aspect of like being injured but i'm also thinking like when you're training because i remember we talked a little bit about it when we met but like how I don't know training it must it must be really hard like it's not just physically but just mentally as well right because yeah I remember when I had my injury and I came back onto the water I I just couldn't even comprehend in my mind like how I was going to um like send it you know push Mm. as hard as I did prior to the injury and I the whole time I was just like reserve reserve reserves and I was like build up some speed downwind and then hold back because I was like so nervous about you know going around the front and with my foot in the foot strap um and I kind of spoke to like various people about it and and they were kind of like you know in time you crash you crash you crash again and then the body starts to learn that actually um you know you're, you're going to be okay um yeah. whereas I spoke to some people who'd never had an injury and they were just sort of like oh well you know you, you didn't break it kiting and I was like yeah I know but it doesn't make my brain or myself feel like <laughs> any better um about it and stuff like that so that was quite a big like hurdle to get over well um, so do you do you mean that you felt like were you just like keeping yourself from going fully at it or was it because you were a bit scared of like hurting yourself again but differently or yeah kind like- of both like I'd be like right I'm gonna I'm gonna push to the max and then I I get there almost and then my brain I'd be like oh god no like mm. feel nervous and start to like slow down a little bit um and it took a really long time to to build up the confidence that yeah. everything was going to be all right, even though <laughs> I like I wasn't going to break my leg doing that. It was still in my mind like I didn't feel very comfortable um, and I felt kind of nervous <laughs> the yeah. whole time. 
when I was training. I mean, it looks stressful. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I guess being nervous is good anyway. It's like, it's your kind of brain's response to difficult situation to make sure you're like fully aware and fully on it. So, yeah. you know, you can't just go ahead and be like, oh, meh. I'll be fine. I'll just wing it. You know, you you're not hey, winging it. You just it. got to think in your mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this some full send, and just and just <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I spoke to um, get in, that mind in Austria space. actually. There was a a woman who worked on um the same school that Jemima's sister Polly worked at the kite full. Oh, what's it called? Um, world class kite yeah. academy yeah. school, and she. I was talking to her about it and she is like a sort of mental coach for people who've had injuries and she mm-hmm. speaks to lots of like the freestylers um kind of relevant to every sport really that has like sort of freestyle elements you know quite serious injuries happening a lot and she basically whenever they have a, a bad injury like you know MCL gone in the knee or something she then coaches them back to you know realistically getting through it without pushing yourself too much but also mentally like how you overcome you know landing that trick that you broke your knee on you know stuff yeah. like that and it was really interesting to talk to her about um like the mental processes of how the mind tricks you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. into into stopping you do something that was completely unrelated sometimes to your injury um yeah it was just interesting to talk to different people about it for sure i, I definitely had, i would have a few like mental blocks in my time with kite surfing like um doing like kite loops and stuff like that i, bro- I broke my ribs many years ago uh, doing Ouch, like a back yeah. roll kite loop, something, something like that, and it all went yeah. completely wrong. <laughs> and I, I, after after breaking my ribs from that, I had a I had a massive mental block for a while. So I see how any injury can really affect. I mean, know, it does make sense though, definitely. as well, right? It oh, does make it sense. Is. The buddy would be like, I, "You broke ribs yep. doing this. Doing Stop doing again. this." You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a it, it's a sane response, I think. Um, but yeah, oh, it's good to hear that you're better though, and that you yes. can you know fully send it now and enjoy it yeah as well yeah it, it was it was almost getting away because it made me like push harder now mm-hmm. you know yeah. when you've had a break you're like oh my god I'm behind I need to put in like a massive shift <laughs> yeah. and actually that is quite nice because it's quite motivational as well as much as I didn't want the injury um just so gonna take are you happy with it. your progress now then <laughs> yeah I think so it's definitely frustrating coming back from injury because you're you're behind mm. yeah. not because of like your fault your own fault <laughs> yeah. um like your skill you're like you know I have a good race and then I have a bad race and I'll be like oh god like why am I having a bad race and then I like rationalize why you know yeah. less time on the water um less practice and then that like brings me back down to like where I should be and like helps me concentrate for the next one um and I think that's like a good way to go forwards and not get frustrated yeah for sure oh it's amazing so let's talk about the Olympics now, Lily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a, who, a who, like, how are they going to choose who, who's going to go forward? Because is it is it yeah. one male and one female? Yeah, one male and one female. And um, basically they, like, set out, like, a selection. So this is for all the sailing classes. They'll, we kind of already know what they are, though. We're not really meant to say, but, like, we, they'll set out, like, two events that are next year and they will be, like, selection events for the Olympics. Okay. Um usually there'll be one event and then one person will get selected to go to the test event. They basically have like a mock Olympics kind of um, the year before. So next year. And in that year, if that person who goes medals at the test event, they'll usually go, but if they don't, they can keep it open. Um, it's, it's quite discretionary because <laughs> yeah. um, sailing is definitely one of those sports where, you know, shit happens sometimes. And 
things go wrong and stuff breaks and stuff so it is discretionary but also you know obviously if you're in front yeah it helps. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice. but yeah it's going to be challenging for sure we have a really really strong team and i think whoever goes we're gonna support them to make sure that you know they get the goals and hopefully if i go they'll do the same for me so yeah yeah and we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely support you more lenny yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> is it is it going to be in france because it's in paris yeah. isn't it paris, yeah. so what but yeah. obviously you're not going to do it in paris itself um no. where would it be do you know yeah so the same is in marseille oh nice um, marseille. yeah, yeah down sense. in the south so we've we've been there once now and we've got like a base there um it's an interesting place marseille i'm not yeah. really sure how i feel about it <laughs> currently <laughs> why it's, it's, tell us about it it's, i think it's just um quite often we go to like not remote places but you know there's a beach and stuff and and here in marseille the beach is quite small where we launch from and um you're like right in a city mm-hmm. so there's like it's very very busy and at first i was like after going from this quiet place in austria and then lots of space and guard i was like well this is this is a quite a lot <laughs> yeah. going on and there was a massive festival on the beach and then by the end of the week actually it grew on me a lot and i really enjoyed enjoyed my time there um it's pretty hot down there as well mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's really nice the sailing was really cool it's quite challenging um there's lots of like little islands and stuff out there it's really and pretty. yeah definitely going to be interesting racing for sure but yeah we're going to be going there a lot um so yeah gonna have a do a bit more searching do some hikes up the mountains there, i think and yeah i think it'll be a really good sailing venue amazing sounds really cool do you reckon there's other teams from all over the world that are doing that as well going there and training there do you see them? yeah at our last camp there was a few of the other countries there um because so especially in sailing like less so with other sports it's really important to like get to know the venue mm-hmm. um get to know the winds get to know the trends and the weather so like for us you know lots of classes went there last year as well like we go there for like all the years leading up to the olympics um and uh, yeah, so sometimes we train with the other countries there, but mm. as soon as anything gets Olympic related, everyone goes very secretive and yeah. everyone. Like I hope the French fr- team friends, wasn't. But... Yeah, I hope the French team wasn't too annoying or weird. I know how we can be. I feel like they'd be really snaky and be like, "You want yes. our spot?" It's hard, you know. They'd be a bit funny. Yeah. French people. Yeah. You know. No, it was it was alright. We were uh, the French team. Uh, on the other side it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cool so what other water sports do you get up to then Lily? sometimes i go windsurfing I haven't been windsurfing for a little while but um all my friends here in weymouth as well other than kiting i've got lots of the iq for windsurfers okay. boiling windsurfers um they're the windsurfing class in the olympics um so sometimes i go wind boiling and Recently, my dad's just got some winging gear, so whenever I'm home, I've been hopping on that. Nice. Oh, that sounds cool. We we yeah. haven't tried winging yet, but I'm you sure you haven't tried it yet. I'm no. sure we're gonna give it a go. Yeah, and, for sure. And wing it's it. good. It's yeah. kind of like somewhere in between kite foiling and windsurfing. Yeah. Very similar to both of those. <laughs> we'll definitely have a go for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's good. Um, I think yeah, we we really want to try it, but. It's a bit. It's a bit expensive to buy a board and a and a wing. It's definitely not a cheap one. A cheap sport to no. get into. But yeah, with the school, I'm sure we can. But we it's can quite see, accessible, you know. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, definitely, it's less stuff to carry around. Um, yeah. But that sounds yeah. Any any other water sports? I, I know you've done some uh, some sup racing in your youth. 
Yeah, I did do some separating leaf actually. When I was windsurfing, I had like, well, I still do now, but I had a really, really strong upper body. And um, my dad was really good friends with um, Alex Tober, who runs Nash or is the Nash distributor for the UK. And he got me into the Nash one racing and it was really, really big when I was like 13, 14. And I think maybe even still, I don't still now, I'm not sure. Um, so I used to go along with him and do that. And um, because I was just working out all the time anyway, yeah. I just used to do quite well. Nice. <laughs> um, we used to do long distance race and stuff, which was pretty challenging looking back at it. Um, and I used to go along to that. And I went, I think I went to Germany once as well to do an international one. Um, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, I used to do lots of different things. I used to just get involved with whatever was going on. <laughs> amazing yeah you love competing you were saying earlier that you yeah. just get thrilled from it that's cool yeah you even like met the it. man himself mr I nash did. yeah he was there we were in this lake in in germany i think i was only like 14 maybe and um yeah i, I think i won like the youth category the youth category yeah and um i won like a gopro nash was there like kind of like running the event almost um yeah. you know being like the head guy and it was sponsored by red bull um and it was like super super cool um it was like my first like big that was before I was competing in windsurfing I think I was windsurfing like for fun kind of um and that was my first big like competition that I did and I was like oh that was I want to do this again <laughs> nice that's so cool it's making me think that I remember when I was um stalking you on Instagram that you so you probably I don't know if you're going to remember but I really want to know you posted a picture a while ago and you said, I think you were in Mexico. Yeah. And you said that you had like a kite mare, which for people that don't know, it's that's a pun on like kite surfing and nightmare when you have a really bad time kite yeah. surfing, something bad happens. And I really want to know what it is because you didn't mention it. And I was like, what yes. was it? Oh, it was, um, so this was the first year we went to Mexico. And um, uh, me and my friend, Katie, who's on the team, um, we were the two people out of the five girls that went who were like the, the learner kiters. So, you know, we were still on our tube kites, like just moved on to our surfboards. Um, you know, it's all been quite crammed in. So we didn't have much like experience. Like we could kite find and stuff, but like we hadn't had much things like happen to us. And and all the other girls and, and Connor, the, the the guys in our team had gone off to an event like up the road somewhere. And so me and Katie were like left on to kite on our own. And and it was this lovely day and we went out and um we sat next to each other in the water with our kites up. And then suddenly there was a massive bang and my line snapped and basically wrapped around Katie as she was just sat there and sent her forwards. And I was like, oh my God, like, and obviously like learn a kite. I was like, oh my God, like I pulled the safety. <laughs> so like pulled the safety and, um, and like Katie got out of the tangle and my kite was like flagging out and it's fine. And then I was kind of like sat on my board and I was like, oh, kind of, it's like, it's getting like kind of further away from me. And as I was like pulling in the gray line, I was like, the gray line felt kind of loose and the line that had snapped was the, was the safety, safety line safety. and I was literally oh, like no. oh my god and it was like our first few days in Mexico and you know my kite was new and we've flown all our stuff out here thousands of pounds and I was like waving at my friend like um oh my kite it's not detached <laughs> and bless her <laughs> she swam into the beach with her kite and and ran it was in Mexico it's like a big old bay and you kind of it was basically it was going to end up at the bottom of the beach but I was still mortified and she ran all the way around the beach while I was like tangled in my lines to go rescue my kite and we ended up getting it and that was basically our first major kite mare and um as we walked back up the beach from this like nightmare all the others arrived and they were just like oh what have you, what have you guys been doing and they were just like oh don't even don't bother asking <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear, that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, we've all, we've all had kite mares. We have. Yeah. What's been your worst one? <laughs> I think my one was that was quite funny. It was in South Africa. Mike was teaching. It was in Langaban. So it's a lagoon. Yeah. I don't I was, know if you've I was been foiling. there. It's like no, kind of like the, the, not the lake, but the um. Like yeah, the it's lagoon. like a lagoon yeah. thing. Yeah. And I was yeah. I was kiting with a friend, and Mike was teaching. But also, well, maybe you stopped. I was riding stopped... upwind. No, no, um, wait, wait. Let me let me tell the story. To the, <laughs> no, but to the boat. Let me tell the story. So you were meant to be teaching, but you were in, like you were actually foiling. I don't know why you're having fun. And basically, my friend Josh and I sat in the water next to each other. That kite mares always start like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I remember chat. saying hi to Mike as he like whizzed past. And as we started, so we said hi, and then I started talking to Josh and. A second later, we look up and our kites are just like tangled. And we're like, shit. And by that time, I'm like trying to look to Mike, you know, trying to call him because I was like, please save me. But he was far gone, far gone and never to look back. And um, and yeah, we I had a six, he had a nine, that Josh. And it was quite windy and it ended up destroying my lines and my kite. We ended up... They were shredded. Losing my kite. Completely. We're like... Yeah, it ended up being fun. I don't know how it ended up riding. And I was just, um, yeah, my lens was shredded. My kite was going away and a boat came. And I was I was a bit traumatized. Like it had been a bit stressful. And I was like, oh, can you help me? And they were like, uh, no. And they just left. Did pay us? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, what? And I was clearly traumatized. And yeah, another boat ended up getting me and then getting the kite. And it was, and yeah, I walked all the way back from the end of the, yeah, it was... And all my lines were like, you could see, like, it's like a skeleton. You, you could put the bar and It was like a shark then, had, like, chewed on her lines. Yeah. Um, Terrible. And Josh's thing was fine. I was like, what happened there? Yeah, but I think because he had a nine, it was a bigger kite. And it just, yeah. you know, destroyed mine. Out. <laughs> and I was freaking out about sharks, obviously, in Langaban. Well, is there sharks in the lagoon, is that? Well, well, they could. They can be. They can they be. Can near be, near yeah. uh, like, the lagoon sort of well, mouth. We, we were where, going where to the mouth. Yeah, we're going downwind. And Some and there was loads story. of seals around. So I was at the beginning when my kite was still with me, I was kind of trying to, you know, jump on it and be like, oh, but um, oh, that was fun. That was my kite mare. What about you, Mike? I'm sure you've got a good one as well. I've got too many to. Yeah. Sure. None that really jumps, you know, to memory. Uh, probably one in South Africa again. Which one? The one where you uh, got rescued when you were learning to foil and was, was ridiculous? No, not that one. Oh. So I was out kiting with uh, the guy that, well, he runs like the Cabrina shop in uh, in Big Bay. Oh, that he, one. He was, like my, he was like my boss. Like, yeah. And, you know, he was riding the wave. Yeah. I jumped off of the wave and was flying through the air. And as I came down from the landing, like heli looping, my yeah. kite, my kite. Well, his kite went straight through my the middle of my lines, and then both of the kites, you know, powered up off of each other. I we that. we came together in a lovely hug. Um, tried to sort it out, couldn't do it. Pulled a quick releases, and then yeah. the kites were just powering up off of each other, rotating in some like two kites looping it consistently, just dragging oh, us down God. the beach. And he was getting upset with you. It was the beginning of us being yeah. in South Africa and kind of meeting him and stuff. I remember him quite, you know, he was quite pissed off. He was not. He was fine. But anyway, we, we, we just released our kites completely. <laughs> yeah. And oh my God. A, guy, a guy dragged him in to, to go and find the kites because they were just flying off down the beach, just powering yeah. up off of each yeah. other. Expensive. I, I swam in and then we both just legged it down the beach as fast as we could. I think it must have been like, I don't know, 
two thousand meters down the beach. It was it was long, and he he managed to get hold of one of them. The other kite was like oh looping God. through the air, and I had to like run and just tackle it as the, as the kite was coming down. Yeah, it was insane. And then I think we just laid there on the ground for like half an hour, just getting our breath back. Yeah, I think the, I think you know this is really good for us to be uh, selling kite surfing lessons. It's like, yeah, yeah. guys, come kite with us. You know, <laughs> now you'll never have a kite mare. It's fine. It's fine. It's very, very safe and enjoyable. Nothing like this I ever happened. I think you learn so much from these no, circumstances as well. When things yeah. go wrong and you're put in that situation, yeah, sure. uh, you do learn a lot, especially like yeah. when you're doing your, like your pack down or, or anything, anything like in that. In fact, when someone says they haven't had a kite mare yet, you almost look at them and you feel nervous for them because you're like, one, if you haven't had one, like you just don't know what to do, do you? And then you have a few and you're like, you don't, you don't worry about it. But when someone's new and they're like, oh, I haven't had a nightmare yet, you're like, oh... <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> good luck <laughs> so I guess what what I wanted to talk about with you and I think we also talked a bit a little bit about it I remember um when we met it was like the pressure in I think it's in the sport in general but even more in water sports and in kite surfing and um just like the beauty standards for women and like the the relationship with our bodies in the sports and how we feel and yeah. how I don't know it's just interesting and I, I was wondering because I know you you care about it as well like to change those beauty standards and um but yeah yeah it, it's definitely interesting sailing is one of those sports that's quite like weight specific like the, your weight and your body distribution kind of size like doesn't have a massive effect on like your performance um and I've done both sides which is quite rare so I've done the weight loss and the weight gain um windsurfing you want it to be as light as possible and for kite falling you want to be as heavy as possible um and to this day I still can't work out like which is worse <laughs> um <laughs> like the losing weight for me the weight I was trying to achieve was just so far away from my natural body weight that mm. even when I was like almost there I just felt like so tired so drained and when you're trying to not eat, all you can think about is food because you're like trying yeah. to plan out your little, you know, oh, I can have an apple here, cereal bar here. And, and it was just awful. But then also putting on weight, it was fine up until like a certain weight where I felt comfortable. And then I've reached like a weight that I'm, I'm fine at now, like because we do a lot of weightlifting to, you know, try to, to stay. get strong. Obviously, you want muscle, yeah. not fat, cause, and that muscle yeah. weighs twice as much as fat as well. But, you know we're not full-time weightlifters we don't do a program just to keep on weight um we've also got to sail and do our kits and travel you know yeah. <laughs> and um definitely at the moment with the increase in like the weight for the girls a lot of people are really struggling which makes perfect sense <laughs> um like the weight the optimal weight is you know essentially as heavy as you can be because we use the same kit as the men mm. and if the men go faster you know statistically we can go that fast yeah. the only reason yeah. they go faster is because you know they're heavier um but obviously when you tell someone oh you need to get as heavy as you can you're kind of like oh right like you know what am I going to look like yeah <laughs> if I can even in, if I can even get to anywhere near what you're suggesting um I've kind of like stopped at like a weight that I think is like good for me and I feel like comfortable at but I feel comfortable but I don't feel like my usual athlete self yeah if that makes sense like yeah. Yeah. I felt better when I was a bit more shredded you know a bit less body fat I had more abs um and at this weight I still really really must I just have like slightly more fat than I had before basically um mm. and 
I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm accepting it because I want to win. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they won't Love just that. let you put a diving belt on with an extra bit of weight on? No, there's, um, in terms of extra equipment, it can only weigh up to like two kilos three kilos no a bit more than that like five kilos or something yeah. including your wetsuit so when your wetsuit's wet that actually weighs like a lot um so i have a camelback on for hydration purposes and for a bit of extra, yeah. bit of extra weight <laughs> nice. but um yeah it's a way up between how much do you want to win yeah and it and accept that you're going to look like this until you stop and some people who are i don't know it's hard maybe trying to stay at their lighter body weight and, and push through you know but you know yeah. the heavier girls are are pulling out in front um it's it's like physics at the end of the day you know yeah bigger bigger kite you need a bigger weight to push against it and then you're gonna you're gonna go faster mm. um and so yeah it's definitely a challenge mental challenge to work out you know accepting yeah for the sure new body. <laughs> yeah the new body to, to to make sure that you can win um because I feel like if you just stay where you are, like slightly unhappily overweight and you don't win, that's almost worse. It's like, right, I'm going to put on muscle. I'm going to, yeah. you know, get to the way yeah. I need to get to um, to help me win. But yeah, it's challenging. But I guess it depends on the discipline as well, right? Because I feel like in kiteboarding big air, in big air, which is when you um, you jump really high in the sky, <laughs> um, being lighter should should be fine, right? Is it? Is, do women go? I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. Now I'm just trying I to think. think. It's a, it's, again, it's the it's same the thing. Yeah, some of the musclier and heavier guys can go a lot higher. Yeah, I guess because, you need. You know, yeah, you can you can edge more. You can hold down a lot more power to then. Yeah, so, but, get so, a lot more speed. So it's a, so it's so it's, it's hard basically thing. in the sports to be completely to have like gender equality then in one way because we can't physically get like what we're talking about getting to be like we're not men we're women and it's annoying that we can't use you know what we are to win am i making sense yeah it's annoying that you have to do that and but yeah i guess it's the sport but um yeah lots of the lads you know like our friends in kiting they try to be like encouraging about it in quite like a lad way i think this is their way of like (laughs) trying to like help help the girls through it you know they're sort of like um you know, like you're looking good, you're going to be so much faster. Like, you know, if you can get to this weight, like, you know, you're going to be at the front. And like, that's a very like, you know, logical black and white way of looking at yeah. it. But obviously in your mind, you're like, but I'm going to look a bit like my face is going to be fuller. I'm just going to not feel like feel yeah. as good, you know, inside. Like it's it's difficult um, yeah. to like compartmentalize like how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because it's so... It, yeah, it's so much your mind and like your mental health needs to be so good as well when you're racing. Because if you don't feel good, you probably you can't really perform. Yeah, you're distracted by yeah. like, you know, how you look <laughs> and things like that. And it's just one of those things that like, everyone thinks about how they look like. Yeah, it's, it's especially Mike when to. he kites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, come I on. Do. Yeah, when you're jumping around going, look at me doing kite loops <laughs> and being so cool. You know, and I'm like, oh, my hair is in my face. Oh, what's Not like happening? Me on a surfboard. I don't. Mind, I, know, I don't yeah. mind what I look like. Us on a surfboard, on, us on the surfboard is like, we're yeah, not terrible. No, yeah, <laughs> we're not there yet. Have you ever done a bit of surfing? Um, not really. Very minimal. Yeah. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> it's very. I'd like difficult. to get into though. I'd like it's to get tricky. into everything. Hopefully, yeah. Because I, I was going to say, what would you do? So that's you. 
that's what you talked about with teaching. Um, but eventually, when you stop racing one day, if you do, I mean, you can race until you're 78, <laughs> 90. I mean, I guess foiling is cool for that. Um, but um, yeah, what would you want to do? What would you get into? Oh, I don't really. I'm or you don't want to think sure. about it. I You're don't so know. young I'm, still. I'm so. open to like everything, really. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to. Basically, I, I used to ski and snowboard a bit, but as soon as I started to take, you know, sailing seriously, I stopped because like the risk is just yeah. too. Well, I say the risk is too much. I broke my leg falling over, but like you know, it's just <laughs> too much. <laughs> the risk is too high. So I think as soon as I would say, uh, whenever I stop professional sport, I'm going to go skiing straight away <laughs> yeah. for a week, just because I just miss it so much. I love being in the mountains and and stuff like that so hopefully I'll be able to do that again one time um there's a few things like that that get like sacrificed yeah um and that's just like part of it like you know you can be a great snowboarder skier but all you need to do is fall in the wrong place and you know break your wrist Mm. and it's just not worth um it's just too high risk basically so all the things that I can't do now like things like that that the team wouldn't be happy about I'm gonna go do straight away (laughs) yeah so no running in mud anymore no, I, I do miss running, <laughs> but I don't think it's the best idea. <laughs> it's quite yeah, heavy on the knees and yeah, you uh, can the swim. body, I think. Swimming is better. It is. Yeah, swimming and biking and everything. It was, I used really to just yourself. love running um, down here in Weymouth, you know, the, the coast paths mm-hmm. all the way along the Jurassic Coast. We used to go running along because they're so beautiful. Um, but yeah, don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just get on a bike, it's easier. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can Slightly less on rest. bikes as well. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, can yeah. get into some accidents sometimes. Yeah, life's just quite dangerous, really. Yeah, exactly. just just stay home until you go <laughs> racing, and then yeah. So, oh, oh dear, yeah, for sure. So, what are you up to next? Are you going anywhere soon again? Because you're in the we, UK now, but yeah, we're going to Jitsuria Okay, for the next Kite for World Series event in a week's time, and then straight after that, we're going to be going to Marseille for two okay. weeks again. Amazing. Um, because the two weeks that we're going to go to Marseille this time will be like the same time that the games will be in two years time okay so it's like you know everyone in sailing will basically be there from all the other countries so that would be quite good fun um it's kind of like that always happens because it's going to be you know this the same weather supposedly you know that the games will be so everyone wants to go and check it out so yeah that would be really exciting to to go back there again amazing so good it's gonna be really hot yeah it's or, yeah, July, August is going to be scorching. Yeah, even more reason to stay in the water and train for longer. Yeah, yeah exactly. But then when you kite for, you're just not in the water. You're just above the water. Oh, you could just crash, you know. <laughs> Maybe oh. you get a bit Have of a spray. Do you get a bit of spray? Yeah, yeah. sometimes you get a bit of spray from yeah, other people. La- last time I went there, it was from... already really hot, and I had to jump in sometimes because it was really Still hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and... a really dry heat. Yeah. yeah do you see do you see dolphins because in the med you should you should see dolphins and stuff yeah we saw some um flying fish last time some like oh, quite nice. big ones not as exciting lily i not said dolphins not speeds. flying fish <laughs> oh imagine no, if you get a flying fish in the fish oh yeah that's yeah. great or like a seagull i don't know is it seagulls in marseille i can't remember i don't think so but like or oh, bird going through your kite has that happened before We've had a few seagull incidents actually yeah. in Weymouth. I think Maddie took out a seagull once and she was really freaked out <laughs> oh. by it. Um, got like stuck in the lines for a few seconds, I think, before it flew out. Um, but yeah, you do wonder one day if you're just going to have some sort of nightmare with <laughs> yeah. an animal. <laughs> oh dear. 
Normally they're pretty switched on, I think. The, yeah, the hopefully they should get out. Yeah, but they're so fast. You know, they're just minding their own business, flying around. I've you had know, one of them hit my lines singing once. Singing along. And then, yeah. yeah. We more, actually, the most instances we've had of animals is um, like dogs running over our kites at the beach and then getting like tangled in oh, all the bridles. Yeah. We've had like quite a few rips, actually, where big dogs have just come and like trampled through it and got stuck in, in nightmares. Whenever, whenever we see dogs coming, we're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <Get out> the way. <laughs> I always have a panic attack when a dog runs down the beach towards my kite. Yeah. Because uh, I, I bought a brand new one once in uh, in 2013. Brand new kite. You know, just saved up loads of money for this thing. <laughs> and then a Labrador just goes and jumps straight through it. Oh, <laughs> I was so annoyed. But you can't dogs. you can't do anything about it, can you? It's like, oh. No. And the owner's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, how much is it? And you're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't want to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> just don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm just going to go home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lily. Okay. Well, it was amazing getting to chat with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me guys on. I'll have to come and visit you sometime. We'll have yes. to go kiting. Please. For sure, like, you're always welcome here. Come and race cool. around. We'll just watch because yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, yeah. You could, you could try. You can out. foil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come out. I, yeah, I can't. Sure. But um, yeah, we definitely need to hang out. And maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, Marseille isn't that far for me to go. And you know, I speak the language, so yeah. I can come and be your translate. You know, I can translate things for you. Yep. And, Get you all um, the best bread. Yeah. What? The best bread. Oh, I thought you said go to the breast Boulogne. bread. Was that <laughs> what's breast bread? I know it's France, but <laughs> ah, but yeah, definitely. I think it'd be awesome to go and check it out when yes. it happens uh, in a couple yes. of years. Yeah, it's in a couple. Yeah, of years. for sure, for sure. I keep posting lots of stuff on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll be we'll be watching uh, on the next event as well. We'll, we'll yeah, be oh, amazing. Yeah, yep. thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, amazing. It's been well, awesome chatting with you, Lily. Yeah, Thanks, so Lily. I've loved it. Thank you. We really enjoyed this episode and we hope that you did too. It would be amazing if you could leave us a review or rate us on your podcasting platforms. If you want to check out any of the other stuff that we're up to, then you can always have a look at our Instagram, Facebook, or look at our website, tidewatersports.co.uk. See you there for the next one.